Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDK. All right, busy couple of weekends for Doug Oster. He'll tell you where he's going to be later today out, today out in Monroeville and also next week in Washington County in just a couple of moments. But Jessica is here as well. They are the dynamic organic gardening duo. It is Doug Oster and Jessica Wallace, both of TribLive.com. You have a question for them, 866-391-1020 or dollar bank instant access, KDKRadio.com. And we're going to start off, as we always do, by giving you the opportunity to take home a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles in Wexford. 412-922-1020. The 10th caller wins it. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Jess. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and EverybodyGardens.com. And I am horticulturist Jessica Walliser. Good morning. Good morning. When I was at Sorgos Thursday, I left with a cherry pie. Oh, you poor unfortunate soul. And a growler filled with arsenal oh, cider. Oh, you had a party in a car. Uh, somebody gave me lot. two fish cooking book cookbooks. Wow. Some candy. What else did I get? It was fun. You got a lot of love and adoration because I saw how full that room was yes, for yes. your talk. Yeah, even uh, it would have been even fuller if it wasn't for the weather. It was yeah. pouring. Yeah. Well, but we had, hey, we had a lot of fun. Snow. That's better than snow. A couple days you know? before I stopped and uh, was at the deli. I love their deli. <laughs> that coleslaw, you know, do you want a pickle and coleslaw? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Of course I do. All right. Welcome to the show. We have a very special guest uh, in just a little bit after the first break. Our friend Nikki Jabor uh, has a new book out uh, called Veggie Garden Remix. 224 new plants to shake up your garden and add variety, flavor, and fun. Jess and I both love the book. I think Nikki and I, and I think you too, were kind of kindred spirits. When I was reading the book, I was just like, oh, yeah, I grow that. Or uh, that's cool, you know. And when the first time I ever talked to her... Uh, we just started talking about our love of growing things off-season. So we're going to have a lot of fun talking to her a little later. Let's talk about all the speaking gigs. Jess, you want to start with yours? Yes, apparently spring has sprung Yeah, uh, because things are starting to gear up again. Um, and I've told folks about this the last few weeks, and I want to tell you about it again. I will be at the Fern Hollow Nature Center, which is in Swickley. And I'm going to be there on Saturday, March 3rd at 10 a.m., talking about how to transition your garden to more organic care. Uh, you can sign up for the class. It's $10 uh, at 412 Seven four five eight, or by going to the qvcog.org website. And again, that's at Fern Hollow Nature Center on Saturday, March 3rd. And I know you have a bunch of stuff, including today, right? Yeah, today I'm at the Allegheny Outdoor Show, which is at the Monroeville Convention Center from 1 to 3. And I'm Everybody Gardens, but I'm helping out my friend Everybody Adventures. Uh, Bob Fry is our outdoor writer. Uh, he'll be there the whole time. He's speaking today at 1130 and... You know, we'll talk gardening if you come by, but we could talk fishing, too. It's okay. <laughs> Either way. Today, Monroeville Convention Center. Next Saturday, 1 o'clock, I'm at the Millvale Library. Uh, just talking gardening there. That's absolutely free. And then next Sunday, at the Washington County Home Show. That's my first home show of the year. 
2 o'clock. It's at the Washington County Fairgrounds. Also absolutely free. I'll be presenting How to Grow Your Best Garden Ever. So it's getting busy, Jess. <laughs> I know. Like I said, spring has sprung. It's so funny because now is when, you know, the dead of winter when you have time to garden, but you can't get out there and garden. And then when spring starts... We're out <laughs> busy out sticking things, and, and the you garden, still can't garden. <laughs> yeah, the garden is calling, but you can't always get out there when you want to get out there. But that's all right. I was okay with this little bit of snow we had last night. Well, with the weather warming up, yeah. I mean, we were talking before we came on, just you know, looking always as a gardener, always looking at the weather, and everything's going to sprout here this week. You know, we're getting seventies, sixties, uh, but don't worry about it. And we talked about it last week, but I, I'm still getting. Lots of questions. My daffodils are up. Yeah. You know, snowdrops are going to be coming up. Tulips will start poking up. They're just, this is just what they do. But there's nothing we can do about it, and it's going to be okay. Yeah, it will. It will. And the other thing that's sprouting up out when the snow melted the last time are all the mole hills in the lawn. <clears throat> the moles are, should be down deep in the soil this time of year, but uh, for some reason at my house they're not, and I've noticed it at a lot of other homes as well where you find the mounds of soil in the lawn where they have unearthed their tunnels, and, um, you know, it's tempting to go out there and do something about it this time of year, but the ground is much too wet. You can stomp down those piles or kind of, you know, kick that soil aside to distribute it uh, across the lawn so it's not in such a pile, but there's really not much you can do about it right now. When spring, when spring springs, when spring sprung, when spring springs, springs uh, there are some mole repellents that are castor oil based. There, there's some granular ones. There's liquid ones that you can spread and distribute on the soil that will send the moles I, packing. I like that mole scram. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of the bosses at work, I got him some last year, and he's getting like for his entire neighborhood, he's getting like eight bags of it. You oh, know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it works. Right. Right. It just it, forces them away from where the mole scram is. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I've been hearing from a lot of people about those little mole mounds in the lawn as well. Scram mole. Nothing to worry, right? <laughs> scram mole. Get and out of here. I giggling over there when I said mole scram. Hey, how excited are you today to be? I've been there many times. It's been a while, though. That That's outdoor shows incredible. Yeah, this is my third day there trying to help, help them out, you know, uh, Got the car show, the auto show underway. This going on this at the great. outdoor show. They got a lot of cool stuff, man. You know, uh, you could have anything. Wish list, anything, whatever your little heart desires. Besides that growler that you got the other day of Arsenal, <laughs> what would you want to have? I mean, for your your collection, your fishing ensemble. Boy, I don't know. Uh, there's just so much. Actually, stuff. a fish on the end of your hook. <laughs> that would be maybe nice. later today. We'll see. I know. How about you, Jess? You you used to be into the outdoors a little bit, right? I still am. Yeah. I actually was talking about anymore. you at the outdoor show because a guy came up and uh, was a you know listens to the show and was a fly tire. Oh yeah. And, and also he was going to. Uh, South America to look at birds, and somehow we got on to oh, cool. tying flies. And I said, well, you know, Jess used to tie flies, and her love of bugs, I just thought, I just think those two things. I never thought about that connection. Yeah, is your expertise with bugs and then tying the flies. But she could never hurt a bug. Every bug's a good bug. Good Unless I'm bug feeding bug. him to a fish, then yeah, that's yeah. okay, right? That's, that's right. <laughs> what was the, and I was trying to ex explain the fish and how big it was. Oh my brook trout! Yeah, what? Yeah. yeah, what is the? 
I I actually hold the women's record for the largest brook trout caught in a in Manitoba in a certain area of Manitoba. Yeah, get out of town. It, it's a river. It, yep. it, it's, you got a picture of that? Oh, I have a mouse in my it's, in it's, our living room. It's bigger than a cat. Room. It's bigger than a catfish. Yeah, it's, 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 huge. it's huge. Really? Yes. Yeah. How I think old were you? I think it was twenty-seven inches or something. This How old brook were trout you? It was crazy. It was a great trip. How old were you? I was let's see probably thirty. Maybe thirty-two. Oh, that was a long year. time ago. Oh, stop! I well, doubt it was, that. It was before Ty was born. He's a teenager almost. <laughs> they use so. a sundial to guess our age. <laughs> All right, listen. It's carved in stone. But, but have great time today, and, and I and I love that show. Enjoy yourself. And next week you're going to be at the Washington County Fairgrounds. Yeah, I'm looking forward to starting the the home shows. Uh, that Washington County home show, two o'clock next Sunday at the fairgrounds. Absolutely free. Lots of stuff there to get started on. On gardening, and we'll be talking all about getting your garden going. And I know from just looking at uh, uh, the Facebook posts and everything, just everyone's just like us. Just they're just chomping at the bit to get going. But you know, it hasn't been that bad this winter. I mean, come on, it has. I you know, you've been still fishing up. I mean, you. I mean, this. I, mean, I know, but I, I know, but it's just the gray and the snow. Just give me green and just the first colorful. Crocus that blooms is going to be a miracle. <laughs> All right. What we're going to do now is to take a break. And don't forget, Mr. DeSantis and that Duquesne Light Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show, March 2nd through the 11th. Doug will, of course, be there for the entire run. So it's a big event. That's coming as well, too. So it's a good time to be in and around our community. Uh, the number to doubt to be on the program. We already have a couple of folks that want to talk to these two fine folks, Jim and Gary. We'll get to your calls in a moment. We've got room for more at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Henson Access, KDK.com. And congratulations to Betty from Penn Hills, winner of that 25 gift certificate to Sorgles. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. And teach you. This Radio 1020 KDKA. And we're back with the Organic Gardeners here on KDKA Radio. And we have a very special guest that we'd like to welcome to the program this morning. Her name is Nikki Jabor, and she's an award-winning author of one of our favorite books called The Year-Round Vegetable Gardener. And she's also the host and creator of the Weekend Gardener radio show all the way up in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, And Nikki has a new book out that both Doug and I absolutely adore. It's called Nikki Jabor's Veggie Garden Remix, 224 New Plants to Shake Up Your Garden garden and add variety, flavor, and fun. Nikki, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh my gosh. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Jess. Good I love morning. you guys so much. <laughs> you're, you're an hour ahead of us, so that's good news for you. It's almost 830 there. Yeah, it's not so bad. And you know, it's actually snowing too. Welcome to winter in Nova Scotia. <laughs> oh, well, we had a little snow here ourselves, but I know we didn't have nearly as much as you have up there. So let's talk about yeah. this this book, which both Doug and I, I mean, the the, the writing is fantastic, as I knew it would be. The Photographs are absolutely breathtaking. Where does this book come from? What what made you decide to write this book? Well, you know, this book is kind of like um, you know, it's it's a love letter to my mother-in-law, who who is this you know incredibly strong woman who came to Halifax, Nova Scotia, you know, in February from um, just outside Beirut in Lebanon about you know thirty years ago now, and I can't even imagine landing in the middle of winter without a winter coat in Halifax here and trying to establish a new life 
um, you know, particularly wanting to establish a new garden and, you know, totally unfamiliar climate. So, you know, probably about 10 years ago, she came up to our vegetable garden and she just, she stopped and she just looked ahead of her where I had this big A-frame trellis with all these snake gourds, which I thought were ornamental. Um, and she told me how she knew them as a vegetable called kukuza and that they were edible gourds. And I was like, mind blown. Um, you know, what else can I grow for her that she might recognize, you know, or, or be familiar with from her native Lebanon? And I started on this global vegetable journey. And then I, I'm kind of like, well, I like Indian food and I like Japanese food. And I like so many different foods. I thought maybe I could grow ingredients for my cooking in my own garden. You know, from reading the book, I know you had a little help growing some of the stuff in the book. But talk about, did you have to grow most of this stuff all summer long so that you had it for the book? <laughs> I've actually grown all of it many times over the years, but yeah, when, when my publisher said, okay, we're going to do photographs in like three months, so can you grow everything? And I was like, uh, I do have 20 raised beds, but I don't have enough room for that. So yeah, I had like three or four local uh, gardening friends uh, give me space in their gardens, and they took care of like the watering for me and stuff like that, um, and I was able to grow more things so that we could actually have pictures of everything in the book. It was, it was fantastic to have such help, I have to say. <laughs> Have you always grown kind of different things, weird things in your garden? I have. And I mean, you know, I've been inspired, of course, by you guys so much as well in your writings and your work and your books. And yeah, I love to grow different things because, I mean, it's not just global crops. There's a lot of unusual edibles in here as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, I grew up, you know, beans and potatoes and cucumbers. And, and now I just like to try so many different varieties. And honestly, today I'm placing, I think, what will be my last seed order, hopefully. Oh. Um, and I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, what else can I grow this year? Yeah, Might never, my last. never say never, right? <laughs> um, one of the things that appeals to me so much um, in this book that I also think will appeal to a lot of our listeners is you don't necessarily have to grow something from Armenia or, uh, you know, mm. Lebanon or wherever, you can also take crops that we standardly grow in our gardens here, like cucumbers, and just grow, you describe some of the white varieties, so different varieties of standard vegetables, which I really like as well. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, the diversity available to us through seed catalogs is crazy, and so I love to take advantage of that. Um, and yeah, white cucumbers, for example, tend to be much less bitter than, you know, some of the green varieties. So if you have trouble with, you know, cucumbers and bitterness, well, water them more, more evenly. Um, but also maybe choose varieties that tend to be less bitter. Uh, and white varieties certainly fit the bill there. And, and even beans, you know, I encourage people to grow a rainbow of beans because, my goodness, every color, of course, from green and yellow to reds and burgundies and purples and, like, striped types. And there's such diversity out there. Uh, and I really love to experiment in our garden and try new flavors. And, you know, sometimes things are a big hit and we love them. And sometimes things are like, well, that was all right, but you know, maybe next year we'll try something else. But that's the fun of gardening, you know, always trying new things. Yeah, and I also like the idea of using things that we normally grow in a different way. So, for example, you talked about your mind-blowing moment with your mother-in-law. When I was looking through this book, my mind-blowing moment was the sweet potatoes. When you talk about oh. sweet potatoes and that you can eat their leaves, I never knew that. Well, I learned that on my radio show when I interviewed Wendy Kiong Spray a few years ago because she wrote The Chinese Kitchen Garden. And we were talking about uh, sweet potatoes because, you know, even in Nova Scotia, I can grow a decent crop. And she's like, well, what do you do with the leaves? I'm like, nothing. And she's like, oh, my goodness, you have to eat them. And she sent me her mother's recipe, and now I have her book. But, yeah, like stir-frying those leaves, using them raw, like in spinach and salads or even other cooked dishes and pastas and, and casseroles and stuff. They're delicious, and they're beautiful, too, uh, and so easy to grow. So, yeah, you know, my goodness, sweet potato leaves, an easy-to-grow, delicious crop. Nikki, we're just about to finish up. What do you hope people get out of this book? 
I just hope people, you know, maybe if, they're, if they think they're in a bit of a garden rut, you know, always growing the same varieties and same types of crops. It doesn't matter if you've got a, only a couple containers or you've got a big, you know, garden. Uh, try something new this year. Even if it's just one thing, um, cucumelons, ground cherries, Indian cucumbers, just, you know, try something new this year. Uh, and you might surprise yourself and, and, you know, explore new adventures and, and new vegetables and maybe even, you know, continue next year growing new things. So that's, that's my whole goal, getting people to shake up their vegetable gardens and just try something new. Well, Nikki, thank, thank you, you so much, much for joining us. The book, again, is Veggie Garden Re- mix. Uh, you can get it through NikkiJabor.com or SavvyGardening.com or on any booksellers. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. It's so great to talk to you guys. Have you a great too. Sunday. You too. You notice that Ubut as in Oh yes. Ubut. That was pretty neat. Pretty neat. Alright, that's a beautiful part of the world. Love to be there, but we're not, but we're here. They have the snow, we don't, but hey, it's winter, but what would you be doing if it were spring in your garden? What a long way from I that, I was folks. just going to say, where's Whoa. that going to go? I, finally, you get back on what we're talking about. Gardening next. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDK. All right, don't forget Coons Cooking Hour, kid-friendly meals, and then Jim Meredith, along with Kurt Carlson, Tyler Villano, answering the phones from Marianne Siebert, Heffron Tillett, and Germany and you. Then it's the uh, Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show, 11 to 1. But we're back with the Organic Gardeners, Doug and Jess, and here's how it works. Coming out of the news, we've got some lines available for you, so if you want to get a gardening question in, now would be a perfect time to call. You call, we'll get you hooked up and get you on the air, ASAP, 866-391-1020, or Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDK radio.com and right now the 10th caller wins an amazing $25 gift certificate from your friends at Janoski's in Clinton that's 412-922-1020 let's say hi to Gary who's been waiting patiently Troy Hill up first in this segment on the organic gardeners with Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser good morning Gary welcome to KDK radio thank you guys same to you uh question is my parsley always gets this brine on it I don't see no bugs. I went to Best Feed yesterday. Harry was talking about something about copper and something else, and I told him that I'll give you guys a call today. I was wondering maybe you could help me out. Uh, so, so describe a little bit more when you say it's brown. Is it on the new leaves, on the old leaves? And when? Yeah. Uh, well, when you get the new leaves, it's nice and green, it, it pure green. And then as it gets older, then I start getting these brown little spots, and then it just gets more and more. And I've, I've moved it here, there, and everywhere, but it just continues. And then it, it starts turning like a white. Hmm. Okay. See, I'm thinking, this is outside, right? Yeah. During the season. I'm thinking like four-line plant bug for the little brown pock marks. Is it like a... a is that how you would explain, like, little brown spots kind of? Oh, my are, they perfect, are they perfect little circles, or are they irregular? Irregular. They start with little spots, and then it just starts going first spots, uh, irregular here and there, and then it's just all around the leaves, and okay. it just constantly does it. Okay, so here's the thing about parsley. When Doug brought up four-line plant bugs, and we described those as being little perfect, little round, sort of silvery-ish brown pockmarks on the leaves. I have a lot of four-line plant bugs in my garden. They've never gone after my parsley. Well, I was just thinking because... But that would make sense. Yeah, like, they, you yeah. know, 
basil and these right. other things that usually aren't eaten. I was thinking maybe parsley. Right, right. And that is, I think, a possibility for sure. It also sounds like it could be a fungal issue. Now, uh, you know, parsley is not prone to, you know, a particular prevalence of fungal issues, but that certainly could be it as well. Uh, it's a little hard to say without seeing that plant directly. It's strange, though, if it's a fungal issue that you would have it in different parts of the garden like that and so easily and so readily. Um, one thing I would I would like you to do is actually, if you have access to the Internet, is get online and look up, um, just Google, damage of four-lined plant bugs and see if that's what it looks like to you. Um, in which case, if that's what it is, the plants actually outgrow that damage. Um, the, those insects are only active for a couple of weeks out of every year in the spring, and then they go away. But the fact that you're having this issue through the whole season says to me it's yep. probably more likely to be a fungal issue. And the other thing is when it does happen, cut off some of the leaves, put it in a Ziploc bag, and take it to Best Feeds. And if show that's your them. closest place. Yeah, and, and see, they'll, they'll be able to, to ID what the problem is then. Okay. Uh, he went online yesterday. Okay. And uh, here, when we were there, I said, that's it right there. And that's when he he wrote it on a piece of paper. And I know the one thing he had was some copper mm-hmm. or something else. And he said they came out, they're coming out with a new uh, product, but they didn't get it in yet. And that's what he thinks. And he, he was also saying about putting uh, some um, cover on the bottom to so when uh he where he thought maybe it was bucks at first saying that when it rains it splashes around mm-hmm. yeah so, so he's thinking fungal like a soil born fungus, fungal issue. right yeah. right right so i mean the right. thing is and that the copper products are a type of fun fungicide uh you would want to make sure that whatever uh product you chose a is organic especially because it's an edible and b that it's labeled for use on parsley we much prefer the biological fungicides, um, there's one in particular we really like that's called Serenade, uh, and that one is safe and labeled for use on edible crops. Uh, and so that would be the one, once you have it confirmed as a fungal issue, that would be the okay. one that I would recommend. Okay? Okay. Oh, yeah, because uh, it don't get on nothing else. It doesn't go on my basil, right. uh, oregano, nothing like that. It's just the just parsley. Just on that parsley. Just the parsley. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. All right. Hey, Gary, thanks. Listen, uh, it's uh, Karen from Natrona Heights, the winner of that Janoski's gift certificate. Let's get a break in here, come back, and after we check sports, we get right back to your phone calls. And we've got wide-open phone lines right now at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Kinston Access, KDKA.com. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager for Allegheny County Parks. Denise, good morning. Good morning. People keep telling me it's going to get warm this week, and I keep my fingers crossed saying they weren't lying to me. I really want it to be warm. It's going to get warm. We're not lying to you. We're telling you the truth. Okay, so uh, what Nikki was saying, and um, actually I visited her a couple years ago, and we, she was telling me that in Halifax they used to feed lobsters to the prisoners and they would complain because they ate it so often, and I'm just so jealous because I love lobster, and I rarely <laughs> get it that often. <laughs> now, do you grow, I want, speaking of Nikki, do you grow many global vegetables in your garden? I know you do mostly flowers, but do you ever try to do anything like that? Um, 
you know, actually, I, I don't want to say global, but I am growing um, a couple different. I try to grow something different every year, at least one thing, you know, like Nikki said, and I try to encourage people to do that. I am growing a blue wheat this year, a seed that I got from Botanical Interest that you can um, use for drying, and it's blue. It's really cool looking. And then I am growing a Hungarian pepper. Uh, it's a paprika-type pepper. So I plan on, and I got that from Renee's, I plan on growing that and then drying it and making my own paprika. Oh, is the fun. Bl- Is the blue wheat just as an ornamental? Is that what that's, that yeah, how you it use it? Or- as far as I know, it's an ornamental, but I imagine if it's wheat, you could eat it too, but I'm not growing enough that I'm going to be making flour out of it. Now, are you going to do it in a container or somewhere in the ground? I'm going to do it in the ground. Okay. You know, something like that really needs, you know, all available moisture. What I am doing in containers, though, this year is I am switching from doing the sea trials for the All-America selections, and I'm going to be doing the vegetative um entries this year. Mm. So I know that there's three entries and then there's three um, comparisons for each and you have to have a couple pots of each. So I'm going to have like 27 pots. You have to grow them in pots, not uh, the soil. They're very specific about it between 12 and 16 inch pots and I will be having them lined up so you know you can get to see them side by side and I can move them you know wherever I want them. Interesting. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'd be you. curious to hear the results, of that, especially you, that, that wheat. That sounds really cool. All right. Let's say hi now to uh, Marion in Gibsonia. Marion, welcome to the Organic Gardeners on KDK Radio. Good morning, both of you. How are you? We're doing great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Doug, I purchased uh, this summer a hibiscus. It's about five foot tall. And it had beautiful blooms on it, and I brought it into the garage for the winter. I didn't water it or feed it, and I just thought it would be fine, and I would take it out in the spring. Um, The blooms on it are all dried, and so are the stems. Did I kill it by bringing it into the garage? Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just going to dormancy. That's one way that we store those hibiscus and I guess uh, we'll know in the spring for sure (laughs) when you take it out. But, I mean, it should be fine. So what do I do? Can I feed it? Do I water it now? Not yet. Well, you've got to wait until things get nice. I mean, if you wanted to bring it in and get it started that way. But I would wait until end of April, bring it out. uh, Okay. And then you can't take any frost at all. Okay. Right. It's very delicate. I know that, you know. But it's going okay. to be it's going to well, be it's, um, it's going to be a great plant once you get it out there and oh, end, of, end of May so, it can stay out there all all summer long. Right. It was so beautiful through the summer. I mean, it was just elegant. So I'm looking forward to spring and putting it outdoors and looking at the beautiful flowers. That sounds Thank great. Thank you. All right, Dollar Bank instant access message. I got some miniature roses. I want to grow them indoors. What's the best way to go about it? You need a nice, bright location, sunny windowsill in a cool-ish room. So, you know, you don't want it to be in a room that's 74 degrees or something like that uh, because the blooms won't last quite as long. Uh, Make sure that they stay evenly moist. If you have, like, foil or a basket around the base of the uh, pot, that needs to come off whenever you water it. So take the, you know, the pot out of the decorative basket, put the pot in the sink, Flush the water through that pot, and then only when it's drained, move it back to that decorative container. That's another plant that I like to take outside 
in the spring. Yeah. 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 It's hard to keep them going inside. It is. And they, but they don't always, you know, the thing is they're not really hardy, so they don't always survive the winter. They're really sort of meant as what we call a florist plant, where they're really only intended to bloom just for that short period indoors. And then we kind of, you know, usually often discard them after that. But uh, they're great plants and certainly worth uh, enjoying for the time being. The Traveling Road Show that is Doug Oster. Tell him about it. Well, today I'm at the Allegheny Outdoor Show. That's at the Monroeville Convention Center. I'll be there from 1 to 3, helping out my uh, sister site, Everybody Adventures. Uh, Bob Fry, the outdoor writer, speaks today at 1130. Got lots of cool fishing stuff there. We can talk gardening, too. Next, He's a, he's a good guy. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. Next Saturday, 1 o'clock, Millvale Library. That's free. Then next Sunday... The Washington County Home Show at 2 o'clock, held at the Washington County Fairgrounds. That's also free. I'll be there at 2 o'clock presenting How to Grow Your Best Garden Ever. And here is Deb in McCandless. Deb, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How's everybody this morning? Doing great. What's on your mind? Hey, so last year um, I purchased two tomato plants, and this was only my first year summer in my new home, so I didn't want to go full-blown into a garden. I had a bunch of other stuff to do. The two tomato plants, though, I kept them on my deck, which is um, fairly high up. It's about 15 feet off the ground, my deck. And the plants, they were doing really, really well. I got, you know, started to see some tomatoes come on them. Then all of a sudden, I started to see the leaves turn brown, then the branches turn brown, then the tomatoes started to get yicky. And I saw these massive green, Mm -hmm. like, caterpillars. They were disgusting. I have no <laughs> idea what they were. I would, like, scoop them off, uh-huh. um, throw them over the hillside, uh-huh. and then, like, within two days, there'd be more. Yeah. Welcome to the world of tomato growing. The beautiful tomato hornworm. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I couldn't even bring people. Like, oh, the tomatoes will be fine. I go, no, I can't. I can't even look at them. So oh. I threw the whole thing away. Oh, well, listen. So you had two different two different issues going on in your garden, Deb. So the first one where you're talking about the leaves turning brown and the yeah, fruits De- getting icky. Deb, it sounds like you have issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, yeah, I think I am that, so. Right. There you go. That was a, that's a fungal issue for sure. That is probably blight. Uh, it happens to almost all tomato growers. Uh, definitely pick a re- blight resistant variety next year for planting uh, you can use an organic fungicide to, to as a preventative to take care of that blight but the the caterpillars you found on there are called tomato or tobacco hornworms uh, and they do they are fat and sassy boy that's for mm-hmm. sure and you did the exact right thing by hand picking them off of the plant I check my plants you know every couple of days throughout the summer and just pick off whichever ones are mm-hmm. on there you know they're they're not going to outright gross. kill a plant unless it's a tiny little seedling the the plants usually okay. survive them just fine but it is quite a traumatic experience to find them oh my for the god first time. and they're ugly as sin oh, oh i think they're beautiful i love them i think they're so cool I used to send them into school with the kids right yeah it's a, a little, quite the little jar with uh with some tomato foliage there you go all right we're going to take a break when we come back it's uh, time to wrap up this week's edition of the organic gardeners don't forget you can see doug later today at the allegheny outdoor show at the beautiful moroville convention center he'll be there one to three in the meantime he's also going to be at millville library next saturday at one o'clock and the next sunday the washington county home show at two o'clock and don't forget the pittsburgh duquesne light home and garden show john desantis and that epic adventure begins on march the 2nd through the 11th at the beautiful David L. Lawrence Convention Center in downtown Pittsburgh. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. 
Well, seed racks are out in the nursery. I know that Sorgos has the, the Renee's. You like the Renee's, right? Mm -hmm. I, Lake Valley, I like Lake Valley. I mean, any seed rack I like, I guess. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's all good good seeds. You can't uh, can't complain. I can't wait to get started. Boy, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm buying seeds wherever I go, trying to find something to plant uh, I'm gonna, coming I'm gonna up. I'm going to grow some Brugmansia from seed this year. So uh, you know, I've got, a, I've got a friend doing that, actually. Yeah. I've been following that on... Uh, on Facebook and, and hers are sprouted and look good. So I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, I think so too. It's really satisfying when you plant a little seed and a few months later it's 10 feet tall. Oh yeah. Yeah. And those Brugmansia have those beautiful, I mean, you're going to do like a special variety. Oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do a whole, I'm going to do a bunch of them. Remember, the, not? remember <laughs> the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.